Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Two Toms, One Ash, your go-to UK-based podcast for all things NFL fantasy football. On this episode, we'll look back at week 13, where three AFC South teams found themselves in overtime games. We'll review our fantasy teams, which turned out to be season-defining, and then stick around to the very end for a look ahead at the upcoming weekend's fixtures. If you like what you hear, please do leave us a rating and written review. That'd be amazing and very much appreciated. Right, that's enough from just me. On we go. Welcome everyone and week 13 in the books. As always, joined by the Toms. Uh, and on the day when when United, Sheffield United's Paul Heckingbottom finally, eventually does get sacked and replaced by good old Chris Wilder. Um, Scully, I'll come to you first. How are you, mate? And, and if there was an ex-NFL head coach that you'd like to see return to their old team, who would that be? I'm good, pal. And uh, I mean, gutted for Heck. Yeah, he's, he's done a great job. Um, obviously, took over when we were shocking in the championship, um, got us to the playoffs, then got us promoted the following season and uh, got us to a, a semi-final at Wembley. But uh, this season, it's just capitulated. And the, and the thing that's been bad is we've never had the quality at this level, but we've always grafted for being in games. Last, I mean... We got battered against your lot, didn't we? When we were in Miami, we got battered against Newcastle. He could have gone after that, but he was always going to be judged after the games against the teams that we could be and should be, Burnley, Bournemouth. And the performances in those two games are just unacceptable. So, um, like I said, gutted for him. He's done a good job. It was it was the right decision and it's time to go. And I do think that Wilder will get more of a tune out of these players. I still think we'll go down, but, but it, it's by the by. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see on that one. But back to your question. Uh, been thinking about this a little bit. Um, I've gone for Paul Brown. Obviously, being a being a Browns fan, Browns founder, um, he's the only person I think we ever had any success under, albeit between the forties and and fifties and and sixties. So. Unsurprisingly, he is dead, uh, but that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't specified in the terms of your question. Um, so yeah, bring bring Paul Brown back in his prime. Um, good on him. Good on him, Charlie. How are you, mate? Yeah, not the best weekend for teams that I follow. Obviously, Steelers just completely dominated by Arizona, uh, and. Chef United absolutely dominated by Burnley. So, yeah, just a weekend of pure domination, which some people pay for. I'm not particularly that into myself. No, I've heard. Any, any ex-head coaches that you'd like to see back at any teams? Um, not, I would say probably he wouldn't be going back to the Dolphins, but for me, it'd be Brian Flores. Uh, I liked him when he was at the Dolphins. I know he didn't have a fantastic record. But it's more what he's done since. Uh, I think he's definitely put himself back in in the cards, uh, on the cards for possibly another head coach last year and the beginning of this season. Um, I was quite vocal about how shocking the Vikings D 
defense where they haven't made any any big signings or anything like that, and they've gone from the twenty eighth best scoring defense last season to the fifteenth this season with Flores as defensive coordinator. Um, he was he did a decent job with the Steelers as a defensive assistant and linebacker coach in twenty two when he left the Dolphins. Uh, worked his way to Minnesota and he's doing a great job there. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know how quickly that had happened. Obviously, the fact that he's he's got this lawsuit going against the NFL, whether that had actually happened, but at least the guy I picked is alive. <laughs> yeah, it's possible that you could say that. Um, he's probably one of a handful of coaches, isn't he, that's ex-NFL or have been head coaches before. I know Harbaugh's probably top of the list of a lot of teams. Probably getting into the ty- type of time in the season as well where um, teams are knowing that they're not going to be in the playoffs. So there'll be a few more in-season sackings, I'm sure, which him uh, and along with the usual up-and-comers, the brand new first-time head coaches are getting touted around as well. All right, good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, so looking back then on week 13 completely, um, a couple of big scores from the Seahawks that we'll touch on. So DK Metcalf scored 37 points in a week that he wasn't expected to score that many, really, against the solid Cowboys defense. And Geno Smith as well, equally high on 35 points, albeit in a loss to the Cowboys, 41-35. So, Scully, so for those two, um, and I know we've talked a little bit around, collectively, Seahawks receivers, but those two players, I guess a great performance and two high scores out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fantastic game, proper shootout. I mean, they're the type of games that you want on a on a primetime game, so definitely didn't disappoint. Um, did not expect those numbers from those two players that have not really put up anything like that all season, uh, especially against that Cowboys defence as well that doesn't usually concede that many points. So um, for fantasy, it's, it's one of the best defences that, that there is as well. Um, so, I mean, for me, going forward, well, Gino's going to stay hot for me this week after uh, Lawrence has got his high ankle sprain. So, I am hoping it's going to continue. It is against the 49ers. So, uh, not too optimistic, but uh, let's see. Yeah, I agree. And, and who knows with those sorts of divisional games. And, and again, like we said, we wouldn't have said it for the for, for the Cowboys game. Um, albeit the Seahawks lost, but for fantasy, if you've got Gino like you have, or you've got DK, or you really are kind of scraping the barrel for any other Seahawks receivers, then then possibly it is a time to put them in. Um, speaking of Trevor Lawrence, uh, so yeah, so he did go out injured as well as uh, Christian Kirk as well, which looks like they're both out for at least a couple of weeks um, in a loss on Monday night to the Bengals. So it's the Bengals more so that I want to focus on, and specifically Joe Mixon. So 29 points, Charlie. Um, I know there wasn't much talk around Mixon at the start of the season, and albeit he's not, he's not maybe been the Mixon of old, and he's certainly not been McCaffrey-esque, but he's just plodded along nicely in the background, and what looked like a dead Bengals team just a couple of weeks ago when Burrow went out injured looked pretty good last night, didn't they? Yeah, very good. I uh, I was pleasantly surprised with uh, Jake Browning. I thought he looked very Joe Burrow-esque. Uh, in how in how chilled out it was, there was quite a few um, sort of third and long where he, he threw for it to to keep the chains moving. I thought he looked very good, but yeah, Joe Mixon looked looked fantastic last night. Um, 
and he, he has been, he's certainly for me anyway, uh, a bit of one of those players that's a bit under the radar. I mean, he's seventh overall running back um, and he's not had, I know last year you, you had him, Ash, and he had that massive game. Was it 50-odd points he had last year? Um, which which obviously skewed the figures because um, the rest of the, the rest of the year he wasn't particularly great. Whereas this year, he, like you said, he, he's just been steadily putting putting up decent numbers. Uh, not a, not a fantastic start, like uh, 10, 13, 14, 8 points. But but certainly recently, since week eight after the bye week, uh, twenty points against San Fran, who a great team against the run. Uh, 17 against Buffalo, 21 against Baltimore, who he also great team against the run, uh, and then 29 last night. Unbelievable score. And I think while ever Jake Browning's there, Joe Mixon's going to play a huge part, um, obviously against the Colts this week. Uh, watch this space because, yeah, he could. Uh, we could be on for another 50-pointer. Jake Browning himself scoring 28 points, nothing to be sniffed at at all. Um, and, and the same can be said for Jamar Chase as well, scoring very well. 149 yards, a touchdown, 11 receptions. Um, and then the kind of last player that I want to pick out as well is Chase Brown as well. So never heard of him, but nine carries, 61 yards, albeit as a backup to Mixon, but still still some sort of value out there while other, while ever other players are getting injured um, and you might be scraping around on that waiver wire. So moving on now to looking at how our fantasy teams got on last week. Um, Scully, you scored 112 points and you beat James, uh, who scored 84 points. So you're now seven and six. Uh, I scored 128 points and beat Liam, putting Liam out of uh, playoff contention now. Scored 108 points and I'm nine and four. And Charlie, top scored again for us. 141 points in a win to beat Rich, who scored 128 points. So you're now seven and six. So I don't know if that's the first time ever, but that's a podcast treble. Um, so good results, albeit maybe not for not for Steelers and Sheffield United, Charlie. But um, but but you won. You got the highest score out of the three of us. So taking you to six wins on the season. I'm on four and Scully just behind on three with a few games to go. So Scully, I'll come to you first. So uh, as I said, scored 112 points, but in a win. Um, looks looks like uh, I don't know. Again, a bit of an up and down score from individual players. Uh, not so much for for running backs, just a, a down score for running backs. Um, but talk us through your team. I mean, main thing is that I stopped the rot and confirmed the playoff spot, which we've all done, which is which is good. But uh, I mean, after the um, I mean, we've talked about Geno Smith and not expecting him to put those numbers up. No surprisingly, it puts those numbers up when he's on my bench. So it was looking again like, oh, have I completely cocked this up again after the Thursday night game? But um, luckily, it, it didn't matter. You're right, my running attack. So um, everyone was either injured or on a bye. So Kenneth Walker, um, Barkley, Barkley on a bye, Kenneth Walker still out. They were my second and third picks in the draft. Uh, sorry, first and third picks in the draft. Uh, so that that was always going to cost me. But a combined 5.2 points from Piran and Algier is just tremendous. So that really kind of was something to something to build on. They uh, they led the way. Uh, Sent Brown, other than a 
he got a touchdown. But other than that, it did nothing the whole game again, which was a bit odd, but it's an unusual score for him. But 12, 12.9 points. Again, when, you, when you're looking at that, it's, it's not looking good. Uh, had to have a Everett in, so I had to um, get him off of waivers because Kincaid was on a bye. Uh, modest score of 8.4. Tyler Boyd. <laughs> did you see? Did you see the pick, uh, the, the pick that he threw? <laughs> it was just un- unbelievable. I didn't know if that went against me because he's a wide receiver or whatever. But anyway, that that's the kind of lineup that I was having to put on uh, of the fact that uh, a wide receiver three is throwing a pick. Um, un- unbelievable look. But uh, yeah, he was seven points. Dustin Hopkins six points. Uh, the the biggest win that I probably had was was drafting in. Uh, the or wavering in, should I say, the the Colts defense uh, and dropping the Lions defense, which um, has just been woeful the last few weeks. So they scored me 19 points, which um, which was huge. And then the other two scores of no, uh, Demonte Smith, um, big game for him, 24.6 points. Could have also had a lot more points than that as well if he'd have railed in that other. I think it was about a 30 yard touchdown towards the end of the game. Um, and then uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, even though he went out of the game towards the end with his high ankle sprain, a really good score, 29 points. So, like I said, stop the stop the rot's the main thing. A couple of points left on my bench, a couple of points that were left on the field. Um, but it's a win. I'm in the playoffs. And as we were talking last week, I can rest the starters so that they're fresh for the playoffs. Just on that Tyler Boyd interception, it does cost you. I think it's minus two, isn't it, for an interception? What on earth was he doing? Is he throwing the ball with his eyes? Surely his vision must have been blocked. That he literally throws it straight to a Jags player. Uh, just, just I think it was Josh Allen, weren't it, who picked it off as well. One, one of the best, best defensive players on their team. Unbelievable. I mean, he, he can't have seen him, but I don't know how he doesn't see him because he's right there in front of him and he just throws it straight to him. I mean. Unbelievable. And I think it was the third... I mean, I only watched the highlights and didn't stop up for the game, but it was... Obviously, I'm watching to try and hear Tyler Boyd's name. And I think that was the first first thing that he did on the highlights. So, oh, brilliant. Yeah, a little bit different, I think, throwing it in a game with defenders running at you and stuff happening than just in training. Just, just yeah, let's see which wide receiver we've got that can throw it. Um, yeah, so it looks like some good decisions. I know you've talked in the past about overthinking things, but it looks like this week, I guess your hands were tied a little bit with some of the players and the buys, but p- picking up the Colts looks like an inspired pick, certainly for at least one week. Um, James, yeah, who you played against. So, yeah, what he's got four Bills players, or well, three players in the defence on his bench. So, fortunately... For you, and unfortunately for him, you, you played him at a good time. Uh, I'm sure with Diggs playing and maybe even James Cook playing in the Bills' defence, he'd have scored a few more to make it a little bit more competitive. But nevertheless, uh, a good, solid win. And as you said, cemented your place in the playoffs. Uh, looking at my team, uh, it's 128 points. Uh, and Liam scored 108. So uh, not too bad in the end with the 20-point difference. Again, at times throughout the weekend, it was looking a little bit close. Um, overall, none of my players, or most of my players, didn't score particularly very well. Just pulled out of a bit of a hole with Alvin Kamara scoring 28, Pacheco scoring 21, and Tyreek Hill just doing what he normally does, scoring 32 points. He's, he's unbelievable. Um, 
But just to when confirm, I'm... none of your players scored that well. You've just read out 28.9, uh, 21.3, and 32. <laughs> just to... So they're not good scores for you. You want more? Most of them. So when I say Kyler Murray's got 13 points, Tank Dell, who, as we now know, out for the season, zero. Uh, Christian Kirk, out for at least a week, maybe even longer than that, just three points. Those ones, maybe that I've meant to kind of pick out a little bit more and say that they they didn't even score double digits or, or low double digits. It was more made up of the other ones that, that carried me across the line. Um, I, th- I think I've been very, very lucky all season that I've not had any injuries, really. Um, and then just had two in this last week. So I don't expect anyone to get the violins out. It's just, just bad timing. And hopefully, although both good players and would be starters for me at some point. Um hopefully it's not it's not contagious and it's not Tyreek Hill that gets it next week. That's that's all I can hope. But again, a win's a win, cemented the playoffs um and and kind of still still within a chance to win the league, win the overall points, albeit uh I think about forty points behind Tom Howarth and a win behind him as well. So so yeah, I got got that result to hopefully play into my favour next week as well as my own score, but still in with a shout for that one. And Charlie, so again, uh, a good win streak that you're on at the minute, and 141 points. Uh, and as Rich scored 128, you needed you needed a decent score, uh, and it looks like for the most part a solid score from all of your players, apart from surprisingly, which we have touched on in the first part. Apart from the Cowboys' defense, let's talk through your team. Yeah, 141, high scorer of the week across across everybody. Uh, four four win streak. We were saying just before we started recording, I was on three and three and six, uh, and looking like I was completely out of it. Um, and yeah, it's just just come good. I, I I had a cheeky little waiver pick up this week. Got rid of Michael Wilson uh, because he was questionable for the Cardinals. Uh, and picked up Curtis Samuel because I don't trust Drake London. Drake London was the only player that I could have played um, because everybody else that was on my bench is on a bye. Justin Fields, Alexander Madison, Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, and uh, Isaiah Likely, all of them are on uh, bye. So I I only had a choice between Drake London and uh, Curtis Samuel and luckily made the right choice there. Curtis Samuel scoring me 10 points and uh, Drake London on my bench with 1.8. He's just been non-existent this year for fantasy. Um, Potentially a bit of a drop candidate. But yeah, as you mentioned, the Cowboys defence, bit of a shocker really. I didn't didn't expect that. What a crazy game. Great game to have on a Thursday. I mean, both primetime Monday and Thursday, we've we've had great games this week. Um, Dak Prescott, doing it again for me, 34 points in our league with a touchdown. Obviously, we have a six-point uh, six point score for the quarterback throwing touchdowns. Not massive game from Bijan, a uh, bit frustrating to watch, and even more so for Najee Harris. Um, the Steelers, as I touched on, were just absolutely atrocious. Uh, 9.7 for him. And I, my bold prediction last week of uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren both being... Top 10, well, I couldn't have been further from the truth because they were just diabolical. But it's difficult to get the run game going when you're so far behind. But on that game, big Trey McBride. What a guy. Um, Kyler Murray's just not throwing to anybody else. Whether that will continue into next year, 
if he gets some more targets because at the minute he's got quite a few players injured, but he just keeps throwing to him. And in fairness, he scored back-to-back touchdowns in two plays, didn't he? One of them was ruled out, which I think should have stood really. Uh, but then he made up for it with uh, immediately going back to him. And, it, and he clearly trusts him when, when the play breaks down, he goes to Trey McBride. So yeah, he's, he's I'm really happy with his score. Uh, but Matt, the, the main guy I wanted to, to touch on was uh, Mike Evans. What an absolute monster. What a machine that guy is. Over a thousand yards. Is it ten seasons on the bounce? Um broke that broke a record. Nobody's ever done that. Um he's just phenomenal. When you look at the, the players that he's had throwing to him, Baker Mayfield, not taking away from Baker, he's not the great not the greatest. He had uh, Fitz Magic, he's had he, all sorts of trash throwing the ball to him. And he still manages to grind it out every year. Um what a, what a player. Uh, 20, 29 points from him this week. Um, yeah, I, and I needed it as well, playing against Debo Samuel, scoring to 35. So, yeah, uh, it's all, all the win's all on Mike Evans this week. Yeah, I'm sure if we were all going to sit here and say who were our top 10 wide receivers, I'm not sure Mike Evans would be in it. But, but yeah, fair play to him. He's doing well. That's 10, 10 years that you mentioned, but that's every season, isn't it, that he's been in the NFL that is that he's done that. Uh, he's out of contract at the end of the season as well. So, I mean, what's a good landing spot for him if they don't pay him, which they should do? You'd like to think probably he's that, he's that type of player that is probably coming towards the end of his career, isn't he? He's maybe we're looking for a one, two years at a, hopefully not a 49ers, but someone like a 49ers, an Eagles, a Bills, someone who's on the edge. Surely they pay him. Surely they pay him and keep him there. I mean, he's just been—he's been an absolute superstar for him, hasn't he? And he's—he's he's done doing it every year. So, take out those thousand yards for him, uh, and what sort of position would they be in? So, yeah, just uh, quality, future Hall of Famer. Yeah, and I think touching on wide receivers. So, yeah, you were up against Rich and and Rich's wide receivers that he had playing last week. So, Keenan Allen, Puka Nakua, and Debo Samuel. I'm not sure that there's many teams that played last week that would have all those three wide receivers and lose. Um, so, so fair play, fair play on your win streak as well. But again, all to play for going into the playoffs. But yeah, just one week remaining of the regular season. Still the last two playoff spots available in our league uh, with a couple of those teams playing against each other. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on who, who gets in on those last two spots. So looking ahead now to week 14, uh, I'll start off with a question that we've received in. Uh, so, Scully, I'll come to you first. With all the injuries that are happening at quarterback, who would you stream for this upcoming week? It's a tough one. Um, I know we've just been talking about off-air about uh, Flacco at the Browns, and I said that he had a, he had a great game other than the, uh, the just bizarre throw to basically end the game for us um, on, on first down when all we needed to do was run the clock down a little bit and get into field goal range. And I'm probably going to suggest the guy that I like in that throw too, which is uh, Jameis Winston. He's all or nothing. He's going to be starting because Carr's out. I know Taysom Hill comes in a little bit and does does his bits. But um, I think if you, if you need to gamble a little bit, he could... 
it could pay off. I mean, it, could, it might not. <laughs> For probably every every free throws is a pick, but um, he's all like I said, he's all or nothing. It's going to be a long, long gain or a pick. So uh, for me, it could be it could be well worth a gamble. Yeah, it's good, good entertainment if uh, if nothing else, isn't it? And, and what can be looks like it could be a decent offense for the Saints, but I know with injuries and uh, I, I just, just inconsistency, who knows what you're going to get? But but Winston's certainly one that I'm sure will be available in in most leagues if you do need a quarterback. Charlie, who would you say? It's got to be that high-scoring uh, Thursday night game, hasn't it, Mitch Trubisky? Uh, no, joking. Um, for me, I, like I mentioned earlier, Jake Browning's got to be on, on people's radar. He, he, he had that Joe Cool about him. Uh, he's got some great players around him. He's T. Higgins now back. Uh, Chase can do, can do it with, with anybody, can't he? So while he's got those weapons there, uh, if you need him one just to throw in for a week, uh, why not take Browning? I know I know they play the Colts this week and they're, they're probably more likely to be involved in that run game. But even if that's to dump off to, to Mixon and Mixon takes takes a few catches, Browning's still going to score from that. So, uh, yeah, maybe uh, take a punt on, on Browning. Yeah, quite possibly. So what it looks like so far, he's, uh, he's decent, isn't he? Um, and, and, yeah, a bit of a roll of the dice, but why not? For what it's worth, Mitch Trubisky predicted 17 points this week. So that would be... a uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Even as a Steelers fan, if he scores 17 points based on the yards and touchdowns and and lack of interceptions, you'd be taking that all day long. Uh, okay, so sticking with quarterbacks, uh, Scully. Um, so Dak Prescott this week against the Eagles, who are 32nd against quarterbacks. Um, how many points is Dak Prescott going to score this week? Was well, predicted in our league 24.72. Um... I think he's gonna he's gonna get higher than that. So I think he'll be he'll be thirty plus again. I mean, Philly've given up what thirty four and forty two points uh, over the last few weeks, respectively. So you look at Cowboys; they've scored forty nine, thirty three, forty five, and forty one in the last four games. And the game before that was against Philly, where they where they lost. They only give up twenty three points. But I think that the Cowboys are gonna really, really want to beat. Uh, Philly and uh, the way that Dak's been playing, uh, the way that he's been linking up with CD, um, Ferguson, the tight end. Uh, I, I think he's going to score. It's going to be a high-scoring game, don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be a really close game, high-scoring. I'm not going to be able to call it either way. But that being said, I think Dak is going to rain on these um, this Philadelphia secondary. Leonard, I think, is a good pickup, but Still, don't think it's uh, it's going to make much of a difference against this high-powered uh, Cowboys offense that is really starting to click at the right time. Yeah, hope you're wrong, and hopefully, um, Eagles get a reaction after last week's big defeat to the 49ers. But it could be a case of yeah, Cowboys just smelling blood. I think that'd take them top of the division as well, actually, if they won. So, so yeah, quite possibly they could they could capitalize on all of that. Uh, Charlie. Christian McCaffrey, how many points is he going to score this week against the Seahawks, who are 28th against the run? So on uh, on the fantasy app, he's predicted uh, 20.7 points. I think that's an absolute minimum uh, for McCaffrey against the Seahawks. He played them only a couple of weeks ago and had a, an absolute monstrous game with 30, 30, just over 30 points. 
Um, two rushing touchdowns, 114 yards. Um, absolute crazy game. So, yeah, absolute minimum is the 20 points for me. I mean, just to compare it last week, Tony Pollard, who has been a bit of a bit of a letdown for people. I know you had him earlier in the season. Ash traded him away. He's been a bit hit and miss. He still scored 17 points last week. 20 attempts, 68 uh, yards and a touchdown. So if Pollard, who's not quite, and that's on an offense that throw it as well, if, you, if you're comparing the two, um, that they don't use Pollard as heavily as, as the 49ers use CMC. So I, I would say as, as a minimum, you're talking 25 points this week for McCaffrey. Yeah, you can guarantee a touchdown, can't you? Even if it's a one-yard run, you can guarantee... 10 plus carries, you can guarantee six plus catches. Uh, that's going to get you at least, what, 15, 20 points. And then you chuck into that the odd, the odd 20, 30, 40 yard breakaway that you might get as well. Um, I think, yeah, you're upwards of that way for sure. Scrolling back over to you. And this time, uh, Nico Collins uh, against the Jets this upcoming week, who are number one against receivers. Yeah, I mean, they are number one. Defense in, in fantasy against receivers. Um, but Nico Collins is coming off two games where he scored 23 and, and 34 again, respectively. Um, he's predicted 16.9. I think he gets over that. I'm, I'm going to say he gets 20 points this week. Uh, main reason, Tank Dell's out. You mentioned it earlier. Um, that means he is absolutely number one in that in that passing attack um, and the Jets offense can't keep themselves on the field long enough so I think he's going to get enough opportunities to um, to score so yeah for me I think he uh, it beats what he's predicted similar to Dag and uh, I'm going to go for about 20 points for Nico Collins I'm sure if that is the case as well and CJ Stroud will no doubt have another another big game uh, and keep that, certainly the, the rookie offensive player of the year uh, rolling as well. Charlie uh, and Stefan Diggs. So the Bills are back off their bye. Stefan Diggs against the Chiefs. So Chiefs are ranked 15th against wide receivers. Um, how many points do you think he's going to get this week? I'm not expecting a massive, massive points haul for Diggs this week. Um, just looking over the last three weeks in terms of Kansas City and what they do against receivers. So Take out this week, bit of a. I don't think anybody really expected Green Bay to turn him over. Um, although their number one receiver, Christian Watson, scored really well. So goes against what I'm about to say. But the week prior to that, Vegas, Devontae Adams, number one receiver, number one target, they just took him out of the game. Uh, and he, and he, he didn't score fantastically for, for a wide receiver one. I think it was 12 points. Um, against Kansas City, yeah, 12.3 points. So not a fantastic score for, for your number one receiver. Uh, and then double that with the week prior against the Eagles where they just marked A.J. Brown out of the game and he and he basically did nothing. So they, they had to throw to those other receivers. So I, I think potentially for people like Kincaid, maybe Gabe Davis, they could be your... your you start as this week and, and could score more highly, but I think Stefan Diggs is going to be the one that they target uh, defensively. And I think Josh Allen might struggle to get the ball to him. So I'm only going for 12 points this week for Diggs. 
And that's that. Keep an eye out on our Twitter at 2Toms1Ash for anything else that we happen to share. Things like either DraftKings League where you can play against us or just our Fantasy League standings so that you can follow along. Keep your questions and comments coming in as well and let us know how you're getting on. Have you made your playoffs? Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.